Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. The Globe. World Wide Wave. Tuesday nights at 6 on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Radio that's out and proud. Joy. You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9, currently produced by Fiona Brooke. But if you, <laughs> if you uh, want to fill her shoes, well, you know what to do. Our next guest is the Deputy Lord Mayor of Melbourne, elected Deputy Lord Mayor, Nick Reese. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Macca. And uh, we've got Misha there. Misha, you. yeah. Hello, you Nick. Are, now, you and Misha are old mates, aren't you? We go back a long, long way. I think we did our cadetship uh, when we first started out in journalism uh, decades ago. Uh, and I've been a, I'm a huge admirer of everything he's done at The Conversation as well. Well, there you go. He's going to be nice to you. That's very nice. Well, Nick's always been nice. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember sitting in um, shorthand training with Nick. I'm actually <laughs> suffering through it. So. Oh, shorthand. Oh, my God. You'll, you'll love this, Macca. We had a very strict shorthand teacher. Uh, who wouldn't mind, you know, wrapping you over the knuckles if you weren't, you know, forming your shorthand quite right. And so she quickly became known as Madam Lash. Yes. Oh. Amazing. Can I just, for the younger listeners, can someone just explain what shorthand is, please? So shorthand is a... <laughs> yes, this is before everyone recorded everything. It's just a, a form of writing really quickly, like a special sort of language. Oh, thank um, you for that, Misha. Yes. I'd never really learnt it in the end, despite Madame Lash. Yes. Yeah, well, Madame Lash went on to work in a club, didn't she, in Queensbury Street, I think? Perhaps not. Um, now, Nick is also, like myself, more than a bit fascinated with uh, United States politics. Nancy Pelosi is stepping, stepping down as Speaker of the House of Representatives. Has Kevin McCarthy got the job for sure yet, Nick, or is he, is he having trouble with the numbers? Look, I believe he has, notwithstanding a few wobbles, but he's, he won't take up the position until January next year. So Nancy still serves till then. And, uh, yeah, this week had uh, as one of her final acts, she oversaw uh, the passage of a bill to protect same-sex and interracial unions mm. across the United States. What a fitting tribute to such an accomplished woman and an accomplished career. So this legislation is a big thing, isn't it? Uh, a lot of people, you know, we think about same-sex unions and how important that is, but interracial unions, you know, for for a lot of American history, uh, interracial unions, let alone anything else, were illegal. Yes, there's, there are indeed two parts to um, this uh, legislation, or three actually, that... Um, uh, that the states will be required to recognise legal marriages regardless of sex, race, ethnicity or national origin. Uh, this follows a 2015 Supreme Court decision which gave effect to this, but as we often see in the US, um, 
that has given uh, rise to a myriad of efforts to potentially roll that back at a at a state level or through other bits of legislation. Now this new bill that uh, was approved this week by Congress will, it seems, uh, give definitive protection to marriages between race and uh, between um, uh, and, and to uh, same-sex marriage as well. It doesn't actually go quite as far as the Supreme Court decision did in 2015. That decision uh, required states to allow same-sex couples to marry, but the compromise with this bill is that states are now required to recognise all marriages right, right. that were legally performed. So that, that has meant that some there have been some progressive critics of, of this because it doesn't go as far as the 2015 decision. But overall, people see it as a very, very good outcome. So that means that, that some states, you could still, the state could say you can't get married in the state, but if you are married in a same-sex union, it has to be recognised. Is that right? That, that's it, essentially, yeah. Misha. Yeah. So yes, you could get married somewhere else in the US and you'd be recognised in that state. It also requires that all current marriages are recognised as, as well. Look, as you could well imagine, there was some, you know, the usual uh, kind of right-wing crazy nut jobs were out there uh, criticising it. So, um, you know, uh, Republican Vicky Hartzler, she came out and said, God's perfect design is indeed marriage between one man and one woman for life. Uh, and it doesn't matter what you think or what I think. That's what the Bible says. But... Uh, Fortunately, uh, not all of her Republican colleagues agreed with that. In fact, um, 50, 47 of them um, broke um, party lines and voted with the Democrats. Mm. That meant that it was fairly comfortably passed in the end, 250 votes to 160. So, 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 Nick, just on that, um, I was interested in what the number of Republicans that supported this, what that says about sort of um, political progressivism within the Republican Party or whether it was sort of Nancy Pelosi's expert wrangling. Do you know anything about, um, you know, what sort of the predominant attitudes within the Republican Party are? Look, I would say the Republican Party is split on this issue. I would say that, well, as these numbers would suggest, uh, 160-plus Republicans uh, oppose same-sex marriage, uh, seemingly have concerns around interracial unions, but I suspect it was because of the same-sex component as to why they voted against it, um, but 47-plus Republicans across the island voted for it. So, you know, this is a deeply divisive issue within the Republican Party, and it, it sort of splits their um, religious, uh, very, very strongly religious um, representatives from the, the, the slightly more moderate um, Republicans. Another subject entirely before we... I, I want to talk about, uh, you know, some statues that are happening... Uh, I read in The Economist recently that I think Scotland and Wales, Christianity is now a minority religion. It's gone. It's interesting. Under 50%. Yes, and look, and it's also the case that religiosity hasn't been a barrier to progressive social reform in many countries as well. Like you look at Ireland, for example. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, a devoutly Catholic country, uh, and, and yet they have strongly supported uh, same-sex uh, Marriage, as has Italy as well. So mm. again, Italy, a very sort of you know uh, religious country, many would say, but it hasn't sort of held up social 
progress. The US seems to be uh, almost unique amongst advanced democracies in still having at least a federal a legislative body uh, which has held out against many of these reforms. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Now, statues, Nick, there's the City of Melbourne, and, and I know you're very, very heavily involved in this, as is uh, Lord Mayor Sally Cap. There's a bit of a bit of a lack of statues of women around, well, around generally, but particularly in the city of Melbourne. What are we doing about this? Yeah, so let me start by giving you a statistic yeah. that will make you fall off your chair. I don't there know. You don't want me to fall off the chair. I'll damage the building. <laughs> <laughs> there are 580 statues in Melbourne. Of those 580, just nine of them are women. There are more statues of fairies and nymphs in Melbourne than there are of actual real women who lived in Melbourne. And when you remove the statues of figures like Queen Victoria, uh, the number is even lower. It's just, you know... It's just beyond absurd, Macca. And um, at the City of Melbourne, we're going to do something about it. So this week, um, we passed a resolution asking our public art body to put to us opportunities for the um, erection of more female statues in Melbourne. We've also asked that they be figurative in form. We don't want sort of abstract or allegorical uh, memorials. We actually want to be able to look at the, the the statue and go, oh yes, that was a re- that was I know who that is. That's a real woman, and she lived here in Melbourne. And we've finally asked the management at the city of Melbourne to give us a suggestion of three, uh, the first three statues of real women that we want to honour with a statue in our city. What's allegorical? Which we hope will open a really great conversation, a really great debate for Melbourne as to who should be the first three to be honoured. What's allegorical? <laughs> allegorical means uh, mythical uh, oh. uh, in presentation. So, so for example, um, there's, a, there's a statue in South Mel- Melbourne, of, or there's a memorial in South Melbourne to Olivia Zakharoff, great human rights campaign, very involved in um, the AIDS sort of um, campaigns of the 1980s. But she's been memorialised, great woman, she's been memorialised with three concrete bollards, uh, oh. an abstract... Sort of culture, and it's, it's kind of like, look, if we kind of keep doing that across the city, we're not, you know, yeah. the children of this city, when they walk our streets, our parks, they're not going to see these representations of great women in, in the past. I instead see abstract sculpture, which doesn't quite tell the story right. of um, of these achievements in the way we'd like. So, Nick, just to, just to cut to the chase, because uh, we're going to run yeah. out of time. Who are the three, you know, the, the, there's going to be three um, female statues erected. Have you had any thoughts on on who you think um, should be memorialised in that way? Look, I've put three names. I've floated three names, and I really stress just floated three names that kind of spark the conversation. Uh, I, I really want there to be a, a, a debate, and you know, we'll we'll have a process for deciding. It certainly won't be my decision. Uh, so Louisa Briggs, um, who was lived in Melbourne, and, yeah, she was a um, Orangery woman, she was stolen by sealers. 
went to Tasmania, came back mm. to country, became a nurse and matron and a leader for her dispossessed people. Another one I've put forward is Vida Goldstein, the first woman anywhere in the world to nominate for election to yep. a national parliament. And then finally, I love uh, the story of Helena Rubenstein, who opened uh, uh, her first uh, makeup store on Collins Street in the 1890s, went on to build a business empire, US, UK. She was the richest woman in the world At in about point, 1910. Yeah. And I reckon most Melbourneians have forgotten about forgotten. it. And so I reckon she deserves to be elevated right. as well. We're out of time, Nick. I'm sorry, we've got to cut you short. I know we're going to see you soon. Uh, Thanks for this. I think it's a great initiative. I don't think three's enough. Make it 12. <laughs> Agree. Three's just to get us started. Yeah. And I'd love to come back to have a longer conversation with your listeners one morning on, on who should be uh, that first group of That's right. in that first group yep. of statues. Thank you. Nick Reese, Deputy Lord Mayor of Melbourne. Bye-bye. See you guys. Cheers. Paul. Say goodbye. I've said goodbye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is Saturday Magazine. What does queer mean? Some people have trouble fitting into a box and some people strut right past that box down a glorious path of freedom and self-expression. Queer was once a slur, but now it's been reclaimed as a celebration. It's an umbrella term covering the entire LGBTIQA rainbow. But it's more than that. It's also an identity. Queer means changing the system instead of changing yourself. It's both an expression of identity and a political ideal. Want to learn more? Check out Joy's inclusion and diversity training. Visit joy.org.au forward slash services. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.